Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Alex Fine for Female Startup Club. Welcome back to the show. It's Dune here, your host and hype girl. Oh my God, it has been a hot second. I have missed this. Wow. So today, after seven weeks of not recording, I'm jumping back on the show with a friend of mine, Alexandra Fine, the founder of Dame. She makes these really cool vibrators and is leading the charge when it comes to women and pleasure. Now, we actually recorded an episode a couple of years ago, which is such a vibe, and you should definitely go back to hear her startup story. But today, we're talking a lot about what it's been like having her second baby and managing all the things, launching into 300 plus Target stores, what it's like managing a co-founder relationship breakdown, and at the very end, she shares a funny story about her grandma's best friend's getting in on the vibe action. Love it. Loved that story. Love this episode. While I've got you here and before we jump into it, a quick refresher on the girl code. If you listen to an episode and you smile or you learn something from it, take a tiny action for me in return. Tell a friend, share it on Instagram, subscribe, leave a review. All of these things matter so much to me and so much to the show and I appreciate it. I'm so grateful. And that's the girl code. I am so happy to be back recording and I hope you love this episode. I hope you love this update in business. Let's jump in. This is Alex Fine for Female Startup Club. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water... It starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Al, hello. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, rather. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm so excited. I love this for us. I I love a part two. I love a part two. I love a developed relationship. I love like, you know layers yeah i'm subscribed to our story (laughs) i'm (laughs) saying i actually haven't recorded a podcast in like seven weeks because i've been traveling and i've been so excited about this episode because you know when you haven't done something for a real long time so then the excitement builds up and then because i already know you and we've like spoken before and i've kind of like got background on your on your company I'm just like really excited about it. That's amazing. Well, I'm excited to be here and I feel that. I do feel like anticipation and like, you know, we've been teasing each other for quite some time on this. So really (laughs) good foreplay. We have. We have. Yes. Good foreplay. Um, How are you? You recently had baby number two. He is divine. How's it all going? It's going really well. You know, it's definitely um, a big workload you know it's, it's so much effort and to emotional labor and physical labor and labor labor and it's also just so incredibly rewarding I think of parenting is just as like you know it's got like lots of high highs and lots of low lows just like a lot and having a second is it's just it's for me it's been so different it's been rich in a very different way than the first like what? What do you mean? Mm. With my first, I felt just so immediately in love. Um, and then with my second, you know, in, in some ways, like, you know, you bring your baby home and it's still so much about the older one, making sure that they feel okay and safe and what's their transition, what's their experience going to be like. And then you're like, wait, I'm still focused so much on this one. I want to make sure I'm focused and loving towards this, you know, new child that's in my space. And there's a lot more divide and conquer between you and your partner. I feel like there has been a lot of moments where, okay, like the first time you have a kid, you're becoming a parent. You're going from like two to three, which is this big dynamic shift. I was like so prepared to know that I was about to go through a transition in a way that I didn't appreciate as much for the second. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm already a mom. I'm just momming more. But like, I already I really have the blueprint. Become... <laughs> yes, exactly. Like I'm already doing it, but now I feel like I'm a real mother. And there was also just so many moments of transition within the family. You know, there are, like, I think there are some sad moments too, where I've just been like sitting there breastfeeding and watching my husband play with my, daughter and feeling like a little bit separated from them while because you know I'm a little bit more strapped to the baby but like you know this child is just so special I'm just like loving watching him develop and my you know I feel 
I do feel like, you know, even more room in my heart and so much love for him, but it, it feels like a, it, it took a little bit longer. It wasn't as like, I don't know, this time just felt like even more was happening. Just more. So um, interesting. But, yeah. Wow. Gosh. Moms are the best. You're a superwoman. Have you gone back to work? Are you back at work? Yeah, I'm working. So my parental leave policy, it's like for me personally, not like at the company, is I write up a little plan. And the beginning of my plan is always like, hey, I just want you guys to know, like this plan is really reliant on like soon to be child, my unborn kid. And they're not very like, you know, it's hard to hold them accountable to the plan. Like, you know, dates may change. Uh, not strong accountability in this brief, in this project. Um, and also like giving myself space to change that plan because I never know how I'm going to feel or what's going to happen. But um, it's really helpful to provide clarity or the beginning of a plan to your team. Um, and I told them I was going to stay out for three weeks fully. That's almost what I did. I definitely took one or two meetings during that time. And then after that, I came back two days a week. I've been working two days a week, which for me has been really kind of overflowing. I'm working definitely more than two days a week, but also still very like part-time and lightweight. And yeah, then I slowly kind of ramp it back up and about four months in, I'm like fully back. So in some ways I come back earlier and I start working earlier, but in some ways I give myself even more time to transition back into being full-time. Yeah. More time than three. And like, how do you feel about, like, are you excited to be fully back at work? Yes and no. I think like taking a step back and reprioritizing my life around this newborn child for a second gives me some perspective. And I want to go back full time, but I want to step in differently than where I was before. There are so many things that just moves like, oh, they did not need me. So many meetings, so many things that just happen. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just so amazing to see that. It's such a great reminder. It's also a great reminder of maybe where I, where, where the business could use my support more or what I could be doing as an add on, like additive to the business instead of just supporting operations. So like, that's really exciting. So I'm excited. Uh, to go back, but it's going to be different. And I'm excited about that. Like, and I also, I also do. Yeah. And I know I said that, you know, I really, really want to try and stay not, you know, stay high level and keep my stress down and keep my, you know, uh, work-life balance in check, which is hard. Yeah. Definitely hard, but also probably, amazing once you master it being super productive when you're at work and then being super mom when you're at home yeah yeah or definitely I think that that it's like also just giving myself the space to also for one week just be like fully invested in one or the other so like I think balance can look different in different moments do you know what I mean like some days feel balanced and then sometimes I look at the month and the month feels balanced or sometimes it doesn't feel balanced at all and then I need to like take a break and figure out how do I get back to a place of alignment and like that's okay to feel unbalanced absolutely is <laughs> yes I want yes, to see it like, all the time <laughs> on and off the balance I want to hear like what's been happening in the business because, I mean, I've spoken to you since we had you on the podcast the first time around, but I want to hear kind of the the highlights and the lowlights since then. You know, when you were on the show last, you had, from memory, you had just won the lawsuit against suing the New York subway to get your advertising campaign live. And it was live, I think, at the time. And that feels like literally so long ago and it it probably was it was probably 2021 so it probably is such a long time ago but I'm like shit so much has happened since then so like what's like give us the the recap on the business where are things 
What are some highlights and some lowlights? Tell us. All right. Since we last spoke, we launched in Sephora. Uh, we actually launched Sephora Australia too. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. That's right. You saw me there when I was there. Uh, then this year we launched Target. Uh, we've also launched some new products. Uh, one highlight or two highlights would be Dip and our gummies. So Dip is a uh, 35 US dollar. It's a very um, affordable, we wanted to make like the best entry level vibe that we could. It's a classic, you know, vibe classic. So it doesn't have as many bells and whistles and functionality, but that has been a really strong seller for us. It's a really great essential product. Yeah, that's amazing. And then, wow. yeah, thank you. We've had a hard time keeping it in stock, which is always like a good, but also a real product problem. Um, and then we also launched into supplements, which has been amazing and so, so fascinating. I've always been into herbs and it's just been really cool to make a formula to learn more about that process. And then of course, like we did a third party clinical study with our formula and that was also really interesting learning. So we developed something that really helps with connection. So it's adaptogen based. It also has nootropics like L-theanine to help you kind of calm and stay connected. Um, and then we also put some mukana in it, which is an L-dopa precursor. So it helps you make dopamine in your brain, which of course is like the pleasure reward. And that's kind of how we classically think of it. So it is a little bit more from my understanding, a neurotransmitter that's also about pleasure seeking and curiosity. So that makes so much sense as to why it's been effective at helping people get more connected to their sexual desire. So do you eat the gummy and you can kind of like feel a difference or it's more like a supplement where you take it over a long period of time and it builds up into your system? So it's mostly adaptogen based, which is the building. So adaptogens you want to take every day and they have uh, more and more of an effect, but things like L-theanine, which is also in it, has a, com- a more of an immediate calming effect. So a little bit of both, but it's really a daily supplement. You're really going to notice the the impact by taking it daily. And for you, was that always kind of like a vision that you had, or did you land on supplements because of some other light bulb moment, like what led to supplements and this kind of a light bulb new moment. direction? Okay, so we had, yeah, we had, well, we, okay. So what has always been part is like, we just wanted to help improve sex holistically. And we knew that was more than vibrators. And we had some ideas, some things that are still in the works, but we had this Facebook group where we like really, we, we have a group called Dame Labs, which is, a big a group of consumers and fans who talk about products, try products for us, you know, are just like down to kind of shoot the, the shit about these. They're, they're passionate about the category. Um, and there was a conversation. And then also, you know, what else also was happening is people will sh- sign up or show up who are, are new or going through something difficult and somebody posted that they were struggling with their uh, antidepressants and how it was impacting their libido. And people started talking about supplements and teas and things that they were ingesting to kind of balance it out. And I had a light bulb moment of like, oh, we can create a proprietary blend that is generally supportive and how do we want to go about it. So we went about it from a really, you know, not from just making something that is a compliment to, and to SSRIs, but more of a formulated a supplement that is helps generally reduce anxiety and promote connection. But yeah, it really kind of came from a conversation of customers that we were facilitating with customers. Wow, that's amazing. And how long has it been in market? Um, it launched last summer, July, 2022. And what's the impact been? Like, I want to know the impact both like anecdotally through like customer impact, but then I want to also understand like in the business, what has the impact been? Yeah. So from 
like clinically, the um, formula of 87% of people who were in our trial saw improvement in sexual desire and for like 90% saw a reduction in anxiety and stress. So that was very cool. It was, yes, I remember like the the lab was like surprised, which was very cool because it was really nerve wracking to put all the effort in to make a formula and then go through a test like that and just like to find out if it's, you know, showing positive signs. And then, so we did that. And then as far as the impact on the business, you know, we have a product now that has a subscription model and it's been really amazing to build that out and see the impact of, you know, having something like that, having more consumables, which have a higher, higher retention rate. Um, yeah. And I would say lastly, you actually just like, so impacting people in a different way too. Like the customer response has been really amazing. Um, we definitely have people who love them and are super users and it's been cool to impact people in that way. Yeah. I love that. That's so interesting. And it all makes so much sense as well. Like if, on the, if you're thinking about it, like from a business objective of the LTV of a customer must be <laughs> so much higher if they're a, an ongoing subscriber, but also in the sense of, yeah, building those super users and super fans who are like, yeah, really connected on multiple layers into the business or into the brand rather. So cool. I love that. My gosh. Thank you. Yeah, no, it has been really cool. It's been really fun too for me because we always like get to learn new manufacturing processes and but still continue to work with our customers around the same topic, you know, all in service of the same mission. Yeah. I, I I like what you said before. It's like you're taking more of the holistic approach now with your customer, which is which is really cool. I want to talk about the launch into Target and how Target happened, how Target came about. So I can, I kind of want to like get into a bit of a Target conversation to understand how your marketing changes when you launch into something like that and kind of what you've learned from launching with a huge retailer like that. So to start at the beginning, how did the Target thing come about and yeah, how did it happen? So we got the Target broker's email. And you know, we actually, so pretty much we reached out to a broker. So Target, there's a lot of brokers that help you sell into Target. And it's very interesting because the broker, we didn't end up working with them. And they, they were kind of, it turned out, going through their own internal transitions. And they just kind of gave us the email. And we're like, hey, they're just looking for line reviews. Here's the format. Send it in. So I did that. And they had heard of the brand. Target had heard of the brand. I was really excited to hear from us. I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't think I, you know, Target had, it was, I mean, they were having in the news some challenges with inventory post-COVID. So I didn't think they'd actually be open to bringing in any new vendors. But of course, you shouldn't assume and you should just apply, you know, and that's what I did. never assume. You should never assume, but I remember telling myself, like, this isn't going to be the year. And then they reached out and they knew who we were and this category was performing really well. And they wanted to have a, like, the premier brand in this space because I didn't feel like they had that. So that was very cool. And they wanted to put us in 290 stores, a different um, assortment. And I... Do think like if you are ever thinking about doing going into Target, I think it's really important to have to do your research, know what price points sell and how you want to push on that, but be realistic about how much you can push, and then believe in yourself because you know like when it came to the assortment that we put in the store, some of those were really what Target wanted and some of them, some of those items, I was like, no, I'm telling you guys, I think that this is the product that's going to sell more. And I'm really happy that I also pushed for some, like, yeah, there was a party that was like, oh, the Target buyers, like, of course they know better than me. But I was, you know, 
but I was also like, I'm positive that, you know, this product is going to do well there. And I pushed for it and it does well there. I'm going to think that it's a good reminder to that, like, how do you want to position yourself in one of these stores? Are you trying to, like, who do you want to be in that store? Is that helpful? Yeah, so helpful. Uh, great. 100%. Trust your, trust your intuition and your gut. Like, you know your brand better than anyone else. You know what resonates with a customer. And and you know your category, too. Because, like, yeah. you know, like, these category managers, like, it's a lot. They, it's not just, you know, she does all personal, like, she does a lot of personal care and sexual wellness and all the different categories within the categories that she, you know, there's a lot. It's always good to remember that you're an expert. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Okay, so they have sent a PO, like you're launching, it's official, contracts are signed. What is the next step for a company like yours when it comes to the marketing and assembling a team that are going to be supporting the target kind of launch and ongoing kind of target efforts to make sure that you've got high velocity, to make sure that people know you're in target. What, what happens there? Like, what, what does that look like? There's so many ways you can go about it. And, you know, like, there is everything from, like, running advertisements on Target's platform for Target's e-commerce business, just like you can run ads on Google or Amazon. That, you know, like, that's a whole system and that's a, an effort. And then... I think you almost have, I believe we have to work with a broker in order to work with Target. Broker is an agency that kind of works as a in-between. And I think it's really important to make sure you get a broker that you love, that you trust, that is going to support you. Get Make sure they're getting on the call and give you the right data when you need when you need it. And so do you still work with a broker now? Is that what you're saying? Like it's an ongoing relationship. So what do they do? What does the broker like do ongoing? So they do a few things for you. And like, look, I think that they, there's a lot of nuance and like even just getting an order process from Target, it can be kind of like a heavy lift. 
they use EDI. So you have to have like, you know, you just have a lot of logistics. There's making sure that the POs make sense. I've had a few, like had a few purchase orders where we're like, this is way too high. There's apps or like way too low or like, Hey, you know, like, like they'll help us look at like what, what's moving in their, in their backend system at Target. And we'll be like, this is weird that they're ordering so much of this and so much of that. And then, you know, they'll go back to Target and kind of ask questions. And often we get them fixed because we don't want Target to have too much of our inventory. We want them to have the right amount. So we're seeing that momentum. We don't want them to be overstocked of our, of our product. And what have you found like shifts the needle to keep the momentum going? Like, is it, I've seen a lot of people who work kind of with like the TikTok target influencers who go in and review products on shelf and things like that, or, or is it just your classic paid ads linking to target or is it like in-store activation or what have you been working on? Yeah. So for us, you know, the, again, the, the taboo of the category does restrict us in what kind of in-store marketing or just marketing that we, we can do both like in-store as well as out of stores for, for the brand in general. But I do really think that general awareness is key when people go into target, it's not as much of a place that you go to learn. You kind of want to know the brand before you get there in some way, or maybe you learn about the brand there and like the awareness gets to you, but you're, there's not as much education in store there um, as compared to some other retailers that we're in. So I think the brand awareness, I think working with influencers who are, you know, target focused, anything like that can be so, so helpful figuring out a way of using the internet to get in front of an audience that goes to target. 100%. I've seen a lot of that actually. Do you think like Considering, you know, you're such a well-established brand and I know Target also takes in a lot of kind of like indie brands as well and like kind of earlier stage brands. When do you think is the good time to approach Target? Like if there's a founder listening who's like, my dream is to go into Target, like what would you give advice on that? Target and, you know, other big FTM, you, you really want to make sure that you're going to be able to support them. And what that means is have the inventory, uh, be able to plan for that inventory, be able to have the margins to support that partner too. So it's a profitable undertaking, or if you know it's not going to be profitable at first, if that's a calculated decision and have a go-to-market strategy as well as sustaining marketing dollars for it. it you know, it, it can be anything, like it could be your only store and you can focus all of your attention on it. Um, and if it's not, you just have to make sure you have the right team. Like I'm just saying resources, resources, because it can be an effort and they'll, you know, charge you if you don't fulfill the PO on time. You know, there's a lot of things that can be hard to do. So you want to make sure you're ready. You want to make sure you feel like it's a good brand fit. Because, yeah, make sure your warehouse is capable of fulfilling EDI orders and being compliant with their systems. All It's just those kinds of, I don't know. We actually just did a count recently, too. Like, it's just hard. So we sell through distributors, too. And some, so, for example, in Australia, we have an amazing, amazing partner who sells a lot of our product into the adult market as well as some, like, spas and you know premium wellness spaces so i don't know all of her store counts i don't know exactly how many stores were in in australia like thousand stores or like um yeah i mean probably more like definitely probably like 600 to a thousand stores we're in 300 we're in 300 targets and then we're in quite a bit of adult stores as well. And you know, then we've done like pop-up shops in Nordstrom's, we've worked with Bloomingdale's. So there are a lot of other online retailers like Revolve. All of them sell our product. So that's... And is your kind of like focus now like more retailers? Like is that the, is that the expansion plan or is it like 
still focusing online. Where is the growth from here? We've always been omni-channel and that has been really supportive uh, because there are so many restrictions when it comes to digitally advertising this category. I never felt like the classic 2014 digital native vertical, I don't remember if the V, yeah, digital native vertical. I think something, yeah. Brand, that's something like that. Like that, I didn't feel like that strategy was fully accept- available to us. And when retailers came knocking, it just made sense. Like the cash flow of that channel seemed worth figuring out how to support them. So, you know, we said yes to a few stores. Like I remember, you know, Babeland, which is a very, to me, it's like the, se- like the cool New York sex toy store that I grew up going to called us. I was like, we're going to figure that out. And we started selling to wholesale pretty quickly. And I think that it always makes sense to focus first on your digital presence and your website. It's just how you can have the most direct relationship with your customer. So I kind of feel like if I can do things that succeed there and focus on building the brand there, that's going to support my sales everywhere. So that's always been the strategy and I feel, man, I don't know if it's, if luck is the right word because now the world has changed and it's really, I think all of these consumer brands that have come about in the past 10 years are all realizing that they can't build their business compl- only online and there's been a big shift to figuring out how to make wholesale work. And since we had wholesale, you know, wanted to make sure that channel was available to us from the beginning, you know, it's a profitable part of our business. And yeah, it is definitely a bigger percentage of our revenue this year than it was last year at retail. And it's one of the channels I want to keep on growing, but I do see us growing digitally as well. And, you know, through continuing to do it through partnerships and other things, I really want to do more pop-up stores. I love retail. I love in-person. I think in-person is just so much fun. Activations are fun. (laughs) Also meeting people in real life. (laughs) We're a brand about intimacy and pleasure, and I'm both obsessed with how do we create that online, and I think we can. Like, you and I become friends halfway around the world, and that's, like, really beautiful, and it's really cool how we can do it in new, different ways, but there's something about the old-school IRL that... I really want to honor and I know it feels really almost important to the brand, like have intimate spaces. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that. More offline, more connection, more intimacy. Love it. Something I wanted to ask you actually, I think the last time we spoke, you had a co-founder at the time. Her name was Janet. I don't think she's in the business anymore. Is she still in the business? What's going on there? No, she was. I um. So she actually hasn't been working day to day in the business since two thousand and twenty. So I actually think even last time we spoke, she had. Oh, maybe she wasn't. Or yeah, yeah. I don't think she was based just based on the timeline. She we started the business together, and then at one point, actually, it was right before COVID. She just kind of hit a place where she wanted to take a step back. And she wanted to kind of shift her priorities. And I just feel really grateful and proud of the grace for which we like figured that out because it was really hard. You know, it's just like a marriage and it, you know, her reasonings were, like, I really wanted to, you know, respect her and, figure out a way for that to be sustainable for me moving forward with without her. And she was, you know, it was hard. There was definitely like very challenging conversations that we had to have and we had to, you know, write up docs to figure out like what all of that was going to look like. And it can destroy businesses and it has. And I feel like it certainly did not destroy ours. I still feel very, very much like, you know, her energy and spirit is still very much at dame. And she's since started a family and, you know, checks in every now and then. 
And yeah, I don't know. It is really nice. I think there is some stat out there that like, you know, a lot of businesses fail because of the breakdown of co-founder relationships, because of course, like building a business is stressful, managing relationships is stressful. When you are having to figure out what it looks like for a co-founder to leave a business, is it like you buying her out of the company or is it like she's still got equity and she's just not an operator anymore? Or you have to figure that out with a lawyer? You have to figure that out with each other, first and foremost, and lawyers. But like, I think kind of with each other as much as you can first, just to kind of just, it keeps costs down. We actually worked, we had a consultant who was like, I think you guys should work with like a mediator who is not a lawyer just to help you figure this out. And that was really helpful. So this way, like when we were like, hey, this is really important to me. We had, you know, a safe space to like, to like have those conversations and put pen to paper because it, it's hard, you know, she and I had built this really powerful thing together that both of our net worth was tied up in and just through conversation, like there's no, there's no right way of doing it. There's no. I mean, I would say the wrong way is ways where you both end up with nothing by destroying the business. And that's not what either one of us wants to do. I don't think either one of us was bitter. I think we understood that it was time. And yeah, I don't know. I do. I like the more I look back on that, the more I'm just like so proud. It seems like so many relationships can get so ugly in that moment. And it's just a lot like a divorce. And you just have to remember that ultimately, like you both have equity in this thing. So what's going to support that? What are you looking for? You know, like I know she really wanted more just ease and stability in her life. And that's hard to get as an entrepreneur. So how can we also kind of construct that for her? And, you know, I wanted to, you know, if it was going to be me without her, you know, I wanted to also make sure I was seeing more, you know, upside. So those were the things we negotiated and were able to come to terms and figure it out. It's so interesting. I love this tip about getting a mediator involved versus like getting the lawyers to manage it. Because of course it's, it is so personal and there are these kind of things that are important to you that it needs to be approached more with emotion versus legality at the beginning and yeah a little bit of both I feel like you you don't want to necessarily I always struggle with this because I feel like emotion is so important you don't want to be emotional and like and defensive during conversations but you need to like acknowledge your emotion in order to have a logical and grounded conversation and you have to know your needs and your desires so you know you can know if they're being met or not and in both in our case we both had to be willing to compromise a little bit and yeah when you think about like the last couple of years you know you've gone through that like a co-founder situation changing then you've had you know crazy success with launching into hundreds of you know, new retailers and stores. I'm I'm sure you've probably had like different low moments as well. What's the key kind of learnings that you could pass on to someone listening right now that kind of like sums up the last few years? I feel like that's such a big question, but like, you know, I feel like you've gone through a lot in the last couple of years and it's like, what advice or learnings could you share? Also COVID happened in the past few years, which was just so, so much so many highs, so many lows, you know, it's, I've been thinking a lot about stability and how much, you know, I'm trying to create stability through the business, both for myself and for my employees. But I don't, you know, entrepreneurship is, you feel the instability more, you know, you can see it like, okay, there's going to be high, high, like there's target might be around the corner but you also at the same time might be having a supply demand logistics, you know, fire to put out. And I think it can be 
just really hard to to manage all of it and to see your success. I've definitely had moments where like I stopped seeing my success um, or stopped seeing myself as successful because I'm more focused on like inventory challenges and like, I don't know, like things internal or things that are happening or if everything's going well enough, then, oh my God, I'm in Target. I have a brand that's in Target. Yeah. That's amazing. It's amazing. That's amazing. Like the dream. <laughs> but then you get so obsessed with like, are you doing good enough in Target? And like, even like you were asking me, like, what do we need to be, like, what do you think Brown's need to do to be successful in Target? And I was having such a hard time, like not immediately slacking my team, being like, oh my God, I have this other idea. Like, what if we, like, we should be doing more, you know, versus just, ah, hey. Dude, I'm in Target. Like, that's amazing. It's so, so cool. So I don't know. I think the the advice is just to stay to stay grounded and to just take deep breaths before making big decisions and always try and have alignment. You know, it should feel good. Not that it's not hard, but, you know, always mental health is really worth it. Oh, you had somebody on the show recently who was like, somebody, oh, I forget who it was. And they're like super successful. And then they like, you know, it, it takes a toll on your mental health. Like, or it can. So you just, you know, I had somebody be like, remember, nothing's worth your mental health. And I was just like, fuck yeah, nothing is worth my mental health. 100%. 100%. Mental health is hard though. Like we talk about it all the time. Like everyone talks about it. But, like, it's pretty tricky to, like, get to the point where you're like, my mental health is great <laughs> overall big no, picture. I, I feel pretty good right now. I was feeling real shitty, though, for a while. You know, I just had a kid. It was tough. It was hard. And it was it's hard to know what to do when it's hard, you know, like, because I just wanted to be not hard. Like, I wanted to be good. I want to be positive. I really think that if I put positivity out there, more positivity is going to come my way. I believe in all that. And then it's like, I'm hit with a moment where I'm like, Oh man, I just feel funky. I feel sad. I feel, I feel unsure of who I am and what my light is. And like, that's okay. I think we're just always going to have moments of that. Like you go through these cycles and just like allowing for it is just hard. Yeah. And I also think my husband told me something recently that either he heard or he read or, you know, whatever. But the goal, of course, like you want to be happy all the time and things like that, but that's just not how it works. And so it's just about like being in the season that you're in, even in a day, like, you know, you can have many seasons in a day and that's okay. And that shouldn't, it shouldn't be this pressure that you have to be happy a hundred percent of the time because we're emotional beings, there are ups and downs and that's just the way that it is. And like acknowledging that is fine. Yeah. I think like, you know, the point isn't to not suffer at all. It's to, you know, like, I don't know, be at peace with your, with those moments and like, it's totally fine to realize, like, to acknowledge, like, oh, I'm in a transitional place. Like, I'm in a place right now that, like, just, just trying to always have also faith that you're going to find that footing again. 100%. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash hype club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that.
Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. 